sometimes when I have someone that I really wanted to be there simply cannot show up. And it feels bad because I really wanted that person to be there, but sometimes they just can't. It'll be a flare up or just they need to catch up on rest. It'll be something that simple. And sometimes people will look at that and be like, well, why weren't you there for me? You can sleep on another day or you can rest another time. But being understanding and knowing that if I couldn't be there for my friend, for something they would want me to go to, that it would be truly because I really need a break or I really need to rest or I'm really having a rough time right now. Just putting myself in their shoes, knowing that how I treat others, how I would like to be treated. Welcome to Craft It to Thrive, the globally ranked podcast for entrepreneurs living with chronic illness. I'm your host, Nikita Williams. And after being diagnosed with multiple chronic illnesses myself, I figured out the surprisingly simple missing links to growing a profitable business without compromising my health. Since then, I've helped dozens of women just like you learn how to do the same. If you're ready to own your story and create a thriving business that aligns with your health and well-being, you're in the right place. Together, we're shifting the narrative of what's possible for entrepreneurs with chronic illness. This is Crafted to Thrive. I'm so excited to have Brianna on the show. She's been a good friend and... It's funny, we just recently started like seeing each other more in person since the pandemic has technically gone away. I know that's what they're saying. It's it's done with, right? Is that what they're saying? I think so. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and she's just been someone in my corner that I feel like has always been a cheerleader for me, like on the Instagram world and in real life. So I'm excited to have you on, Brianna. So please tell everyone who you are, what you do, where you're from and all that jazz. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Brianna Case, and I own the business Honeybee Card Shop based in Sewanee, Georgia. And I recently launched a tea house service. So like Fine China Rental for the North or Greater Atlanta area. And that's been a lot of fun and goes hand in hand with my original business, Honeybee Card Shop, which was stationary. And I've always had like the vision to open up like a little stationary cafe. So then you could have like a little library and a little study nook inside the same place. And then on the other side, have tea and have fun and, and have a nice little co-working space or a place just to hang out with your friends. So one day, <laughs> hopefully I can get to having my own uh, brick and mortar. But yeah, so Honeybee Card Shop and Honeybee's Tea House. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a cool idea. Like that's a, that will be an amazing co-working spot. Like really. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't know. So now I understand. Oh, so now I understand why we like every time we see each other and we're talking about different places, we both are like, oh yeah, did you see this place? I come from co-working background of like working and I've helped start up co-working spaces and stuff like that before I started my own business and I have just loved it. So that makes so much sense why we jive so well. I didn't know that either. That's so funny. 
what inspired you to where you are today? Like, what has been your journey? I originally started uh, back in 2017, 2018. I had recently gotten married. And in addition to a lot of my volunteer work, I had a lot of extra time. And once upon a time, someone needed a card and I made them a card because they needed some encouragement. And then when I gave it to her, she was like, do you sell these? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, you should. And so she ordered more of the same exact card that I made for her. And I was like, wow, like someone actually what someone likes this where I'm just playing with glue and paper thinking nothing. (laughs) And um, I've always had an artistic background in high school and grade school all throughout school. I've won awards when I was in school for my art and everything. But, you know, when you grow up, you're like, okay, that was cute. And like you move on. But then I just got married and was just at home and I was playing with my leftover arts and craft things. And then it actually became something. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. There's a song that's called Daydream. And it's like, don't quit your daydream. Like, so I think like when we're kids, we're doing some of these things because they're fun. They feel great. You know, it's like discovering who we are. And you're like, yeah, that's cute. But as a grown up, because I'm sure other grown ups were like, you can't make a living doing this. Like, this is not exactly. going to be a thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, let me be practical, whatever quote unquote practical looks like as far as a career and all of that jazz. And it's like, oh, wait, people want to pay me for this? Right. Yeah. Were you shocked? Were you really shocked? Or you're like, oh, huh. I was shocked because people have always told me that like, I'm pretty good and I have talent, but I'm just like, okay. But art used to always be more of an escape for me. So it's Mm. something that I needed to do in order to cope with something. So I never would think that my doing art or, you know, interacting with my creativity to that level would make a source of income. Like, Mm. I was encouraged to pursue it, but only to the extent like, no, this is not a full-time job, but no, you're really good. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. people want to kind of make sure you're going to be okay in your adulthood financially and have a stable like income and a stable life. So yeah, your art is really good, but just be sure you have to have something to fall back on. So I've Mm. always focused on the fallback and not the actual what I'm actually passionate about doing. So Mm. when what I'm passionate about doing actually became a thing, I was like, oh, people actually do this. And then it opened up my mind looking at other people who do it too. And I'm like, wow, there's a whole community of people that sell their art, do their art. And yeah, so it was an interesting wake up call. (laughs) (laughs) I like what you said, because I agree. I think most of the people that I work with or come in contact with when it comes to creativity, they started it because it, it was something that they just did. It's like just a part of them. And most of them, it is literally to cope with whatever life is throwing at them. Right. So what kind of things has creativity helped you with when it comes to coping? Definitely my depression and anxiety. Um, 
<laughs> this is going to sound so horrible and I'm so sorry because I know people love my paintings, but if I paint something, everyone should be worried because that means I'm really, okay, that's, oh, she's going through something. But because I never really use paint, um, I usually use paper, but when mm. I'm painting, that means like, I'm just painting my feelings and whatever comes out, comes out. There's been times where I've thrown things away and then Elijah will, or excuse me, my husband will jump into the garbage and retrieve it because even though it looks good, like I just remember how I felt when I made it. Mm. So doing my art and things have helped me (laughs) cope with depression, anxiety. And recently in my adult life, I was diagnosed with ADHD and also coming to terms with how I'm navigating my adult life with this new information. It used to be more overwhelming, but now that I know how I function, things mm. have become a lot easier to plan. And I can make more of a cushion for myself knowing what my limitations are. So mm. yeah, art has helped me cope with all of those changes in my life. Yeah, wow. <laughs> she said, warning, warning. <laughs> If anyone knows I'm painting, and you, if you have a painting, no, it was not me happy painting. Oh, no, it truly was not. <laughs> oh, goodness. I have to think if I've ever seen any of your paintings. I only have seen paper from you. Like when I see your content and stuff, I've only seen like your amazing paper designs and things like that. And I don't think I've ever seen a painting of yours. So now I'm going to have to go scroll is it on your Instagram page somewhere? And I just didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I always talk about my paintings much because I know <laughs> where they came from. <laughs> yeah. So when you say that, like, so did you grow up with depression and anxiety? Like, was that a, something that happened I, when you were younger or? I did, but I did not know. <laughs> mm. So my adult life and learning new things about what I dealt with that did I realize oh that's what that was Mm -hmm. so when you were going through that did art just like happen to help you or was it just like what introduced you to being like oh art is a thing that helps me cope Hmm. art is a thing that helps me cope like how did I know or like how how did I just decide that that was hmm. yeah a good question. I've never really thought about that. I guess because of the exposure I got in school, art in different art mediums, um, that's where I found what I like. If I might say so myself, I went to a very nice elementary school. And even though we were like in grade school, we had electives. So I had a computer, I had an art class, I had a music class, like every day was a different elective. And w- even with computers and music, uh, art art class was where I had the most fun. Mm. I think maybe that's the best way. Yeah. I think that's how I found out. I love that you said that. I think because as adults, we forget our younger fun self. Like we forget what helps because we're so busy being adults, like taking care of the things, right? That We don't realize that some of the things from our childhood can help us cope with some of the things like the things, like you said, art. I feel like this it's the same for me. Like I love music. 
for me, I love, I had so much fun doing music and so much fun doing like chorus and stuff like that. And I think one day someone said something negative about it. And then it just like went out of me. Right. And I'm curious to know, like, have you ever had an experience with art for you where you kind of like broke up with art for a minute and then came back to it? Oh, absolutely. Not only does it happen like once a week. um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I broke up with art because of getting worried about the hustle and bustle of like just growing up is when do I have time? I didn't have time. And then when I did have time, I hated so much what came out from what I made that basically I was just so dissatisfied because I picture what I want to make or create looking differently. And if it doesn't come out like that in the very short amount of free time that I have, then I was like, well, forget it. So then I'd rather spend my free time like scrolling Instagram, looking at other people who do it well, you know? Mm. So that's what it has been like, but I have a lot more free time now. So (laughs) yeah. Are you a perfectionist? Unfortunately, yeah. It's so interesting. I find it very interesting because I find that art is probably the most imperfect thing there is, right? Because it's like, it's so subjective. Like mm-hmm. one piece of art to someone else is like, eh. and then to someone else, they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Right. And you're like, it is so subjective. But every artist that I get to talk to, they're always like, I am such a perfectionist. And I'm like, is it a perfectionist because of the level of what you believe things need to look like? And does that add to your anxiety, your perfectionism? Oh yeah, it does. That That's why Like I said, knowing that I have ADHD and that part of my perfectionism is because of that, it's helping me to make the cognitive decision to not be a perfectionist, which sometimes Mm -hmm. is difficult. But, you know, where I allow imperfections the most is in my paintings, shockingly. Mm. Probably why I hate them the most. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just dying over this whole thing about the paintings. I just can't get over it. I have to go look at that. But I'm curious. So art is one way. Art is one way of you coping with, you know, the depression, the ADHD and anxiety. What are some other things that have helped you? I'm also curious to know, does being an entrepreneur help or hinder these situations? Yeah. Okay, so another thing that has helped me is, oh, I got an emotional support animal. His name is Houston. Hashtag Houston the Havanese. You can check him (laughs) out now. So he brings a lot of joy. And like, sometimes he'll see me going through one of my (laughs) episodes and he'll just, he'll just sit there and watch. And I'm like, oh, how can you be, (laughs) how can you be upset with those puppy eyes looking at you? Mm. So he brings me a lot of joy. And I also have my husband. He's super supportive. And thankfully, he makes enough income for that. There can be a little space in between time where I don't make much money from my art that we're still relatively comfortable. He allows me to continue doing my art. And why I say allow as if I need permission, but you know, we work together with our finances and our household needs so that I can still pursue my art, which is a luxury. A lot of people don't have that luxury 
I'm very thankful that I do. So that really helps. And then also my grandmother is very supportive. She's been there since day one. Yeah, my grandma emotionally helps me out a lot too. And I have really good friends. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I have really good friends. And sometimes I've noticed through adult life, sometimes we forget to connect with our friends because Mm. we just are so busy. But just texting my friends and saying, hey, love you, thinking about you. And I know they're thinking about me too. Sometimes they just don't have the time to text or whatever. So having really good friends is great and not, you know, nurturing any toxic friendships, toxic relationships. I have all of my friends are very good. Sometimes they're like, how many best friends do you have? I'm like, well, all of you guys are. (laughs) (laughs) All of you are my best friend. What? So yeah, I have really good friends. So as far as like other things other than art that has helped me just cope. And then I think your next question was the, uh, being an entrepreneur, does it help or does it, (laughs) you know, especially having ADHD and struggling with executive function, it is so much easier when someone just tells me what to do. I would Mm -hmm. rather someone tell me what to do and tell, uh, tell me exactly like what I need to do that is unique exactly for me and for my goals and for my business. And then I would just do it. But sometimes because I'm the one that's running my thing, I don't know. I will wake up some days and not know what to do. I don't know where to start. And then sometimes I'll set deadlines for myself and I will even miss those sometimes, not all the time, but it happens. So that's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found anything? And I'm going to go back to another point you said a second ago, but since we're here, have you found that having help or like having community in your business has helped you to be more like consistent with it? Yeah. For example, community in my business, specifically, I have Patreon and having a monthly thing that I do with my patrons every month helps me to stay more like it helps hold me accountable to more of like a schedule. Mm. Um, sometimes <laughs> bless their hearts. You're, you're one of my patrons too. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and bless their hearts because sometimes I feel like I'd be taking too long to send out the Patreon gifts, but how I make up for it is that I send them like basically a bigger one <laughs> to make up for the months that, um, I got a little behind. So yeah, as far as community, having the Patreon, which is a monthly subscription, a monthly thing has helped me somewhat. And also taking in their feedback and knowing what they want for different times of the year, like with conventions and other special things coming up, they'll request a certain type of thing. And then I know I need to have this done and ready for launch for when mm-hmm. they want when they want to use it. So yeah, that has helped. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I have a couple of clients that have ADHD and I have found, and it's so funny. I, it's funny because um, they're always like, I don't, they beat themselves up for the needing of the accountability. Like I shouldn't have to have someone telling me what to do. And I always tell them, I was like, I think technically all of us need someone telling us what to do, <laughs> like to some extent, right? Yeah. Please tell me what to do. <laughs> and I think 
the challenge sometimes is the creative part of you and the ADHD part of you, which can be conflicting sometimes, right? Because of the the need of like wanting to be spontaneous and just doing whatever versus I have a business and I need to do in order to bring money into my business and like Mm -hmm. have the funds to take my business to a next place. I love that you've kind of like created within your business a model in a way that kind of keeps you on a path, right? Like on a path that is consistent. Yeah. And I say consistent very loosely, y'all. Y'all know on this show, I talk about consistency in a very like loose, consistent, way. loose way because consistency could be two days a week, right? right? For some people, it could be five days a week that they're doing something. Like it's just regularly, I think it's more of the accurate way of saying what I'm saying. But going back to something you said about in coping with, anxiety, coping with depression, the ADHD, friends. And on the show, I haven't had, I'm I'm having a friendship expert coming like later on this year to talk about this. But as an adult, I feel like it's already hard for adults, especially women to have friends as like close friends. I think it's a challenge, but I find it's more challenging to have that when you have like chronic stuff going on with your health and things like that. What have you found as having these friends? Like, how have you been able to cultivate those relationships for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because you're right, especially dealing with other friends that also have chronic illness. Sometimes when I have something, someone that I really wanted to be there simply cannot show up. and. It feels bad because I really wanted that person to be there, but sometimes they just can't. It'll be a flare up or just they need to catch up on rest. It'll be something that simple. And sometimes people will look at that and be like, well, why weren't you there for me? You can sleep on another day or you can rest another time. But being understanding and knowing that if I couldn't be there, for my friend, for something they would want me to go to, that it would be truly because I really need a break or I really need to rest or I'm really having a rough time right now. Just putting myself in their shoes, knowing that how I treat others, how I would like to be treated. And I also take into consideration the limitations of my friends. So then I set my expectations that it won't be world ending if they can't come or don't come. And I also try to plan things where we all just get together anyway for no reason and not mm. it be like, oh, I'm having a, a showcase or I'm doing a trade show, please show up. Sometimes I'll just plan things where all my friends, we just come together and just have a bite to eat. And so it's very low, low obligation, low stress. They don't have to feel like they really have to show up They They can just be themselves and be whatever they need to be and like, we just have a good time and just chill out, you know? Yeah. I think that's so, such a good thing. Expectations. That's also, I think in general, expectations are a big thing um, with friendships, especially when you live with chronic illness, like being able to understand that about another person. Like, 
we can all have the the intention and the best intentions of showing up. And then like, literally, that's just not going to happen today. <laughs> like today, right? We were like totally planning on going to this co-working place and like <laughs> doing this chat live together. I was so excited about it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And literally last night I was like, I am so tired. Like literally, I'm so tired. I can't even yeah. explain to you how tired I am. And then I saw you sent me a message like, and it was like, late last night and I was like okay so I'm gonna respond to her in the morning because she might be excited about going and I'm gonna have to figure out how I feel right when I saw your message I was like oh thank goodness (laughs) (laughs) like she feels what I'm feeling yes we're doing this over zoom today yeah right and I think it's just allowing space for us to be human um and each other like not just for not just for like me as a friend. Like I hope my friends also view me the same way. Like you said that I view view them. Like we're all human. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that you talked about like having other ways to like show up and just be like be you. Do nothing. Just whatever. It's just chill. Versus it all this energy of like doing something or going somewhere. You can just be with people. Yeah. Does it fill your cup or make you exhausted? Being with my friend, um, by nature, I am an introvert. For those that are into Myers-Briggs, I gauge between INTP and INFP. On some days, I'm an INTJ, which is my husband, haha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But essentially, I'm INTP. So I gain more energy from being by myself. Like I prefer to be by myself. I want to be by myself. Um, the only reason why I show my face is literally because I have to. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but being with my friends, because we understand each other, or because like I'm transparent about how I feel, I think that helps them give a sigh of relief so that they can be more transparent about how they feel. So it becomes more refreshing. Um, and also... I space out the time. It'll be a lot of space in between times that I even hang out with my friends. Cause you know, I'm not trying to be irritable or not. If I'm inviting someone out, I want to be a pleasant company. So I would Mm. never like invite someone to do something when I know I'm not feeling well. (laughs) Actually all the time when I'm, when I'm with my friends, I'm always having a good time, but I also give myself a break. It's not like I'm with my friends every weekend. It's not like I'm with my friends every month, but I make time for them and they make time for me. So when we do make time for each other, it's more of a refreshment than a draining. I love that. Know yourself, right? Yeah. Know who you are. I think this is a, a theme that I really try to work with my clients is talking about a lot of times we are wanting or expecting things from other people, but we haven't decided who we are, right? Like first, like, what? Do, who am I? How much energy can I give? How much of this is possible for me? And I feel like the last couple of years of getting to know you, Brianna, I feel like you know who you are, right? Like, I feel like you really know who you are. And it's like, you're okay about it. Like, you're like, yeah, I got some stuff that I'm working on, but I... I I'm who I am. <laughs> Thank you. Do you feel that way about yourself? Cause you look at like, girl, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, like I do feel that more so 
yesterday I had a feeling of I am just so unsure. I hate feeling unsure. I feel like the biggest room that there ever will be is the room for improvement. Mm. So I guess, yeah, I know who I am and I know who I don't want to be. If anything, I know who I don't want to be. So I try to curate my life around good things that are good and healthy for me and what I want to be. I surround myself around people that are who and how I want to be. I want to be empathic. I want to be caring. I want to be like transparent, but like not so much that I'm giving too much away because then I I still need to protect myself. Mm. So yeah, I have a better grasp on that in now at this stage of my life. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to, so this kind of leads to the thought I have for you. Like what has been some fears and challenges when it comes to managing and living like as a creative, as a person, as a woman, also as a woman of color, having a business, like what has been some things you've had to overcome to get to this place of being like, I know who I don't want to be. I know who I'm trying, like who I really am and who I want to be. What has been some challenges in that, in that regard? Some challenges have been like going somewhere and knowing that I'm allowed to be there. And when I, Mm. you know, people say take up space. Sometimes Mm. I don't want to take up any space. I just want to sit here and observe and then see where I fit. (laughs) Mm. But being an entrepreneur, you have to, you have to put your stuff out there. You have to take up space. Like there's no way you can't and uh, have any success because people won't see your stuff. People won't know your name. People don't know who you are. People won't associate your face with something cool and artistic that they've seen. Like my friends are, and not just my friends, people that don't really know me well, but at least have my Instagram fam community will send me stuff all the time. And be like, Oh my God, this made me think of you. And I'm like, that, you know, that feels so good. I'm like the fact that you saw something really cool. And even though I didn't make it, but you associated like me with something cool that you saw, that's good. And that's a good feeling to feel. And it's because I allowed myself to be seen, you know, that was that right there. Like that's like needs to be like pulled out because, oh, that's the hardest thing. I feel like that's the hardest thing for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of women in general, I think it's a challenge at times. And I think even more so for creatives, I feel like they try to hide behind their creativity because they don't want the limelight. They don't want people to know. And half the time I'm talking, especially, especially my photographers or my like handmakers like you, when I'm working with them, it is the hardest thing to say, just put your face on a post. They're like, no, no, I don't want to. And I'm like, this is how people get to know the person behind this custom piece that you're asking someone to make, or like the person that is going to be spending an hour taking photos of you. Like they need to see this person and that's you. And I think what has been something, and you mentioned it just now, like part of it is just, I'm allowed to take up space. And also I recognize in order for that to happen, that's the way my business is going to grow (laughs) and be successful. What fear though, still you have to like overcome in your brain? Like, oh, like what is the thing that stops you? Mm -hmm. And then what is the tool or tools with an S that you use? That's like, all right, I got to get out of my own way and do the thing. 
That's a really good question because only recently have I come up with a few new tools. But to address the first part of the question was, um, I think the thing that stops you the most is that like you, like you had mentioned, I don't like to be the center of attention. I don't like to be in the limelight. And another thing that stops me is I think other people are trying too hard. And if I feel like other people around me are trying too hard, it's like, I feel like, am I not doing something right? Am I not speaking loud enough? Am I not drawing enough too much attention to myself? And when other people are doing that, and honestly, some of that could just be projection. Maybe because I am such an introvert, I think, oh, people are trying too hard. So maybe maybe that's it. I don't view myself as a shy person. I just know by nature I'm an introvert because when I need to speak up and advocate for something or myself. You or do. So- oh, absolutely. I've been there. And I'm like, oh, 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 okay, <laughs> Brianna just came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will advocate for something like until I'm blue in the face. but. I just, you know, I feel like some women are just trying to be something that they're not. And I'm just like, it really just, it's tiring. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. If this is what this is about, you know, but that's not in every scenario. So I guess it doesn't happen every time, but in the, in the few times it does happen, it's, it's exhausting just looking at other people try too hard. Yeah. I think it's really honest to say this feeling that a fear that I have or this weird scenario of the situation could also be my own projection of me not wanting to be like that. Me having my own thoughts about this. Now I put this out on them, but that's really what I feel about me if I did that. You know, and I think that's that's really honest to say. We have to think like that because if we don't, we can be completely blind to something that it can be a personality flaw, you know? And if we want to overcome that so that we can still be as successful as we can, but also still be true to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, like, I truly believe that we all have to be able to see what's in the mirror. Right. And usually the mirror, when we look at the world, like the people around us, when we're experiencing the world, that is the mirror. Like I always Mm -hmm. tell, tell people, I'm like, you look in a mirror, you can see, oh, I need to work on this. I need to da, 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 da. But I feel like the world, whatever feelings or thoughts that come up at us when we're looking at a situation, that is our mirror of likely what I have going on in my own body, in my own head, my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, which ones am I going to like openly accept that, hey, this is something actually I do. Mm-hmm. And okay, I see that. And now I acknowledge that. And now I need to do either choose to do something about it or let it be like you, you get to choose, but you got to see the mirror. Like you got to yeah. be honest with yourself. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think the other piece was like, what are some tools that have helped you in that to overcome any fear mm-hmm. or the challenges that come up from being seen and getting out there? And it's funny because now what I'm about to say is the exact opposite. of (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting is because I know that I'm introverted by nature and it's, this is not the reason it's just kind of just happened with my artistic and creative nature. I've started wearing clothes that reflect more of my personality and creativity. My every on planet earth knows that my favorite color is pink, but I don't wear only pink. Like I wear 
sometimes I wear bold colors. Sometimes I wear subtle colors, but I just, I've been changing the way that I dress to fit more of my personality and even more of my comfort level. And also I've changed my hair color and, and I got new glasses and my glasses are kind of almost like people joke and say, oh, that's a fashion statement. I just thought they were cute. <laughs> I love it. Right. Even though I don't want people looking at me, people end up looking at me now anyway, because <laughs> my hair was a little pink at one point, And now my hair is like almost like a rose gold color. And then the clothes that I wear, I love thrifting and I get vintage clothes. So I literally wear my grandmother's clothes. Yes, I wear <laughs> because I think it's so cute. It's like so perfect. And I'm like, this is exactly how I feel. I feel like a grandma. Yes. This <laughs> Yes, grandma energy. That is me. I love this <laughs> so much. And then I have the giant glasses. They they look like, you know, the big granny glasses. I'm like, this is it, man. And I think I'm looking, woo. I think I look good. <laughs> People probably looking at me like, girl, what? <laughs> oh and my I'm- goodness. I love this so much, Brianna. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. And let me tell you why I love it. Okay. It's so funny. Someone asked me a question about something and I didn't think about it as a tool of being like getting over myself or whatever. It's just something that kind of like happened. And for me, it was clothes. Like I have to like buy a black dress because I don't own anymore because I was always trying to like not be seen and kind of like be seen. My attitude is my attitude. It's funny because I'm not an introvert. Everyone thinks I am sometimes, which is kind of funny. I'm like straight up an extrovert and all of the personality tests, I always am an extrovert, like always. But parts of me would hide. So I would wear like darker clothes and stuff. And over time, I was like, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. I want to be this person who is like, I'm like boho, like yeah. colorful, like fun. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not the like modern chic person. That is not me. Yeah. I don't know if I know many black women who do the boho chic like me. I don't right. think it exists. I love tie dye. I'm wearing a tie dye shirt right now. And for a while, I kind of like try to stuff all of that stuff away. And one of the things I started to appreciate is like what you're saying is like me being all of me. And I think that's part of what you're saying. Your creativity is a part of all of you. So how you look, what you wear, your personality, how comfortable you feel adds to your ability, not just to be like fully seen, but also to feel seen. Yeah. Right. And I think that's so powerful. And it also helps you to think, who am I being when I show up? Mm-hmm. Am I being someone else or am I being me? Mm-hmm. And I think that is so cool that you're sharing that. Like, yeah, my tool is just being more me. And I'm like, yes, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So awesome. And it's doing the opposite of what fear gets in your way, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I've just allowed more of my personality to show through my clothes or like what I wear and how I behave because, you know, actions speak louder than words. And Mm. yeah, somebody's like, oh, hey, where did you get that cool shirt? I was like, the goodwill (laughs) thrifting page oh you like thrifting check on my art page (laughs) yes yes I love that so much I love that so much so how do you find harmony in your life in your business 
I find harmony by allowing myself to take a break, mm. allowing myself to put something down and come back to it later. I used to be a lot more strict with myself and then I would be too exhausted to do the next thing. And I mean, even right now, the most uh, recent new thing that I have released is what my patrons have received and my 2023 exercise patience enamel pins. <laughs> that's mm. a great seller. And that's literally what we need to be doing. We need to be exercising patience with others, with ourselves. Mm. Yeah, just waiting and but not being stagnant, wait without being stagnant, still make necessary moves. And yeah, just I've been trying to keep a more realistic view of what I can do. And then that helps me to be more balanced. I love that. I love that. What has been your biggest mindset shift? Man, I had an answer for that. (laughs) What has been a thing that you feel like you have had to continue to remind yourself and cultivate or change? Okay, to cultivate and change. I'm allowing myself more time to let my creativity come naturally. I mean, even one ways that I've done that is by launching my sister brand, Honeybee's Tea House. That's something that I truly enjoy and of course, I enjoy Honeybee Card Shop too. But like I said, once upon a time, art was just an escape and now it became income. And now if you don't balance it and treat it like, it's like you have to treat it like a job. And then when you start doing something that just brought you like comfort or relieve stress and you treat it like a job, then it takes away the joy of doing the job. Mm-hmm. So by me, one way that I've allowed myself more time to be creative is by launching Honeybee's Tea House, which is I'm obsessed with like tea parties and teacups and things like that and just pretty things. And it, and then they unify because I want to do the whole tea house thing with the stationery shop anyway. It's just I've found something that complements already what I love that still allows me to really enjoy what I'm doing and not like subtract from what I'm doing. It's not like I don't want to ever find an escape from what used to be my escape, you know? Yeah. So I found something that complements what I already love. Mm. So that helps me just, you know, keep up with everything that I want to do anyway, because I never want it to just go away. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, I honestly feel like that's a really good point for creatives in general, because especially if you do it as a business, because you most people, most of the women I have worked with and most of the creatives I know, it has now started providing income and it can feel like a job when you didn't ever want it to feel like a job. And it used to, and it could start to feel like, well, this used to bring me joy, but now it doesn't. But maybe it's the way you've been doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you haven't given yourself space to like, maybe not do this creative thing for for a job. Like, are you doing creative things that aren't linked to you having to make money? Like, you know, I have a client right now who um, is an amazing photographer and that's what she's excellent at. But she's got so many other creative things that she enjoys And it's like, are you doing that just as like as often as you can? Those other creative things that fills your creative cup so that when you are making money with this other creative thing that you do, 
it doesn't feel like a drain. It doesn't yeah. feel like you're putting like holes in a boat and trying to fill it up, you know? Exactly. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really good one. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So what inspires you? What inspires me? I really like vintage fashion. I know that inspires me. And also having cool friends inspires me. Instagram and TikTok inspire me. <laughs> yeah, there's no real specific person, but I know I'm an old soul. I mean, I'm mm. young, an old soul. So I'm more inspired by things that people probably aren't normally inspired by today. I love mm. 80s music. Um, I love vintage clothes. I love tea parties. Like I like all the old stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm like that in some ways. I'm a little eclectic in a way. Like I love some some oldies music. Give me some Etta James and like put some moody music on that's like so jazzy and stuff like that with, you know, a mojito. Really, Nikita, a mojito. Yes, a mojito or a chai tea or something. And I'm I'm totally excited about that. And I used to thrift a lot before the pandemic. And now my brain can't, the OCD of my brain can't get, I can't get down with it anymore. <laughs> but now I try to find clothes that are like new that have been like, that are in the style of like, if bell bottoms came back for legit, I would wear them every single day. Like I love them. So I feel you with that. We're very similar in this way, Brianna. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some tools and tricks if someone is a, an artist and a creative and they are also dealing with depression and anxiety and ADHD? What are some tools or tricks that you think would really help them to find their like happy zone or find some balance when it comes to starting or growing their business? Okay. A tool that I would suggest to anyone like me, a piece of paper and a pencil or use a notes app in your phone. Because when you are in different emotional states, you will have a great idea that you want to create, but you're not going to be in the mental space to actually create it. So at least write the idea down or at least sketch it out so that when you are ready to do the project, you have a baseline of where to start. There's been so many times where I've been like depressed or upset or even just feeling good. And I just didn't have the circumstances to run back home and like make it right then. Just write, write it down or sketch it out so that when you do have the time and you do have the mental space, you can do it then. Just don't let your ideas pass by because other people are coming out with pretty amazing and cool things. And I, I feel like all of us can, all of us mm. do, can do that, but we don't always have the time or the circumstances to do it right then. And sometimes when we see other creatives doing it on their TikTok or something, you sometimes you'll think, man, I had a similar idea, but mine was better. Or man, <laughs> I could do that, but like, I could do it so much different and so unique. Like, don't let those thoughts just pass by, write it down. And then also let make sure you actually do it. <laughs> yeah. Find some time to actually do it. Cause then it's exciting when you see it all come together and then you feel some type of satisfaction. Yeah. I love that advice and those tools. Yes, I agree. Cause y'all have, y'all have lots of ideas and I, I have them too, but my clients that are super creative like that, that are with their hands, 
baby tell I'm like write it down like please write it down like write it down maybe you might not do it today or even this year but as long as you have it somewhere you will remember later because that just came out of you like that's yeah yeah, that's such a good good tool (laughs) well I so appreciate having you on the show please tell everyone where we can find you and uh, online and all that jazz and you know how they can work with you okay awesome so if you'd like to collaborate or um, book me for an event, you can email me honeybeecardshop at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok, honeybeecardshop, all one word, no spaces, dots or semicolons or anything. And then I also have my doggy. His name is Houston. His Instagram is Houston the Havanese underscore. And then um Oh, no, no, it's not. It's Houston.the.havanese. And then let's see. Oh, and then I have Honeybee's Tea House. And that is also on Instagram. The name is Honeybee's underscore Tea House. And that's on Instagram. So, yeah, you can find me everywhere. If you type Honeybee something, I will likely pop up somewhere. So, yeah, that's me. Yes, because you've been doing this a minute, y'all. So you will have all of that access to (laughs) all of those links and everything on the show notes. And again, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. That's a wrap, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Crafted to Thrive, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs with chronic illness to thrive and build a holistic business and life. Check out our website at craftedtothrive.com for this episode's show notes and all the gifts and goodies. Connect with me on Instagram at Thrive with Nikita for more tips and behind the scenes and more. Tag me to share what you loved about this episode and I'll feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, remember, yes, you are crafted to thrive.